Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Whether you're looking for a good Korean skincare or affordable and trendy jewelry, they've got you covered. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. This episode was recorded at Spotify Studios, L.A. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, actress Wendy Raquel Robinson talks to me about sitting in a dream. Wendy and I talked a lot about the defining moments in her life, from taking the stage at Howard University to starring on the hit series, The Game. Throughout her career, one of the biggest lessons she's learned is how crucial it is to pause and take a moment to celebrate your hard work. I'm always on to the next thing, you know? It's like, okay, woo, we knocked that show out. You know, I got a show in three weeks, you know? It's like, woo, okay. And it's like, I'm learning to stop and appreciate and be so present of those moments and those accomplishments and to not take them lightly because it's like on to the next. And it's like, no, 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 no. That was a tremendous feat that we just did. Hi, welcome to the pod. I'm so happy to be here. It's so good to see you. You too. I have been a long admirer of yours. As you know, I think I've told you this before, but, you know, um, Mm. one of the reasons I wanted to go to Howard specifically for musical theater was because of the distinguished alumni that came before me. Mm -hmm. And you were one of those people that I was so deeply inspired by that I wanted... um, a career that could be somewhat like, and, you know, when I finally met you and also got to work with you. Amazing. It was so refreshing. Thank you. um, That you're exactly who I thought you would be. Oh. And you've never stopped inspiring me. And so I'm just so grateful to be sitting here with you. It's been a dream of of mine to have you on the podcast. And I just think you are one of the most prolific and talented performers of our time and I'm just so grateful to have you in my orbit. I really, really am. Okay, I wasn't ready for all of that. <laughs> I really wasn't. I really, really wasn't. But I received that and I thank you for that. Mm. I do. Okay, well let's start with, tell us how we met. Wow, we were, um, if I am correct, we were on the set of Dear White People. Yeah. I was in your house. <laughs> no, seriously, it was your house. And I was visiting. Mm. And you, as well as the amazing cast, you know, you guys just made me feel so at home and so welcome. Because it is hard guest starring. I know. I talk about it a lot. It's hard. Guest starring is a... 
it's a very like you gotta Ooh. you gotta know your position. You're coming yes. in to an established show, a rhythm, and a rhythm. You know, and a home. It was your home. It was just good. it was warm and fluffy. Mm-hmm. It felt warm. Yeah, you know, and it felt cozy. It felt like a good shoe. I didn't have to break it in. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Yeah, and you don't find that. That's a rarity. To go to a lot of different, you know, some shows they get into such a yeah. rhythm where it's like, oh, okay, you, come on, let's read these lines, let's go yeah. and do it. But I felt really at home. So that's where we met. It is, yeah. Yes. And you, I remember, first of all, being so excited when you were cast as Sam, who Logan Browning plays. Her mom. Her mom. And it was a heavy scene. You know, it was, wow, not only did I meet my husband, but he died, and we're at the funeral. And it was it was a lot of tops and turns I had to Wendy, do. Yes. you were so good. Oh, thank you. Like, it's actually, like, it makes me a little emotional, because I remember sitting there watching you, because this is the thing. You have to remember that, like... There's always people above and below. Mm. And I don't mean that as in better and beneath. I don't mean right, it in that. Right, but right. But as you're growing, mm-hmm. when, you, when you're in a line, there's always someone in front of you and someone behind you. Right, If right. If there weren't, then you wouldn't be in a line and you'd be standing alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I find myself in these moments where... I, it's like my new thing I'm coining, like sitting in a dream. Sitting in a dream. Yeah. I understand that. I call it dreaming awake. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking and about. And I say yeah. sitting in a dream because I'm awake mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm basking in it. Wow. And I think sometimes we realize we don't bask in the dreams. We wow. experience the dream and we move on we and move hope on for the, to next, the next one. one. Wow. But when you're sitting in it, you're soaking it up. You're yes. making sure that it becomes yes. a part of your of your being yes. that is in, immersed, you know, ingrained in your yes. memory. And it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, this woman who has inspired me my whole life not only is. Okay, you are giving me a lot, but thank you. I'm yes, it. thank you. But you've been so, as, as long as I can remember that I was watching TV and knew that I wanted to be on TV, I had you as someone to look to as like, I wow. can do it. That's what I mean by that. Thank you. And so then for God to make it so that you are guesting on a show that I happen to be, my, this is my first series regular role. And so I felt like, wow, I'm on the set of my show. Wendy Raquel Robinson is here and she's good. Oh. Like, it's so great to be on a show and be working and be inspired while you're there doing the work. Right. That doesn't, as you know, it doesn't doesn't happen happen all the time. Yeah. So it was such a full circle moment for me. Like, Mm. you know, the Howard Mm. connection. And also, Wendy, anybody that knows you knows you are just incredibly lovely. You're a lovely human being. You're lovely to be around. <laughs> you have you. good energy. Oh my goodness. Okay, okay yes. well I feel like we've broken so much ice, but we're going to do some icebreaker questions still. Okay, Are you great. down? I'm ready. Okay. So how Uh-oh. would you say, being a Howard alum, mm-hmm. how would you say, looking back, that um, you know Howard really brought out your creativity? Wow. You know what's interesting? I think because at an HBCU, you don't have all of the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. So it's like, honey, we're going <laughs> to hang this light, give me a shoestring, some bubble gum, and then we're going to get over here. You know, I was forced to think outside of the box because mm-hmm. we didn't have everything that needed to be in the box. Yeah. So it forced me to be creative. It forced me to really lean on, you know, my peers, my professors. You know, there were only three people that graduated 
in the acting department with me. Mm. We started off with 30. What, what happened to the other 27? Change, you know, Ooh, lifestyle, wow, wow, caught wow, up, wow. you know, this was honey, this, I ain't gonna tell you the years, oh, huh? wow. but you can Google, you know, things happen, you know, Why but there three? was a shift, three, Robin McClam, and bless her heart, she passed, mm. and Wendy Davis, incredible actress, she was on Army Wives, mm-hmm. and myself, two Wendy's, two Wendy's, and a Robin. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Two Wendy's and a Robin. And it was a magical time, but we were just so close and we were just forced to just really use each other as resources. We didn't have the internet. Mm -hmm. We didn't have social media. We were, you know, there was the Deuteronomy Library and, you know, I call it the Dewey Decimal System, but (laughs) Deuteronomy, it felt like biblical times, but we were forced to really use our imagination. Yeah. And to stand for whatever it is that we wanted to do, you know, Mm -hmm. or not to do. Yeah. You know, it was a time of rebellion. It was a time of uh, self-discovery. It was a time of just really... uh, um, creating art mm. for art's sake. You know, we did a whole show because we went up against the department. We didn't like the season that they presented. It didn't represent who we were as artists. Mm. So Mark Seabrooks, this is so funny. Wow, you really icebreaker. But Mark <laughs> Seabrooks, who ended up being one of my writers on Steve Harvey's show. Wow. He was one of the writers at the time uh, that was in the department. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a whole play. And we were like, we're going to do our own play. And we produced it outside of the department. Because wow. we just weren't pleased with the season that they had. Like, mm. I can't even remember what season it was, you know, that they had presented. But it was yeah. like, this isn't speaking to us. I love that. And it was called Starving. Starving. So we were starving. Okay, so three Interesting. out of 30. Three out of 30. What do you think it was? Wendy, Resilience, Wendy and Robin. tenacity. Mm. passion Mm -hmm. and I think out of those things you know when there is a passion for something there's no way that you're gonna deviate from that Mm -hmm. you know we would have the juries and you know did you have Vera Katz love Miss Vera Katz but she would break you down Mm -hmm. to build you back up but there was a time where you know it's like how do you bounce back from that and I think we just had a, um, I think it was a backbone and a resilience. It was just resilient. Yeah. Not to say that we're any better than, I mean, because no, you know, everybody I, was fierce in the yeah, department. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Always has been, always will always be. Always has yeah. been, always will be. But there was just a sense of um, 
fortitude and just kind of knowing this is exactly what we were destined to do. Mm-hmm. And we just, we did it. Three females. Wow. Three that's strong. That's a good story. I didn't know. That's like women. a good story of like the legacy of yeah. the Howard Acting Department. I love it that. Was, it was deep. It was that's deep. That's very deep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As a dreamer, I'm sure you're a dreamer, mm-hmm. obviously. You have to be to do what we do. What's a recent, like a new dream of yours maybe? Wow. Alphabetically or numerically? <laughs> um, I feel like I'm, I'm conquering it now. Yeah, I'm directing a feature. Mm. And I'm terrified in a lot of ways. I'm, um, I'm on the prefaces of getting our theater. And I'm terrified in a lot of ways. Uh, it's beyond just the theater. It is a work source development center for community Ooh. and advocacy, and it's big. Uh, we have our own brick and mortar now. I have my own building mm-hmm. with my nonprofit, and we'll get into that. But um, taking it to that next place and just really, like, I'm inspired right now by this space, mm-hmm. you know, and just seeing it and knowing that, okay, we can have this. Yeah. And it can be tangible. And ownership. Those are my dreams. Mm. And, you, you know, what scares me when you said, I, I call it dreaming awake. Mm-hmm. And you said it was sitting you, in a dream. Sitting in a dream. Yeah. And I have to be mindful that I'm always on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, woo, we knocked that show out. You know, I got a show in three weeks. You know, it's like, whoo, okay. And it's like, I'm learning to stop and appreciate mm-hmm. and be so present. Of those moments and those accomplishments. Accomplishments, yeah. And to not take them lightly because it's like on to the next. And it's like, no, 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 no. That was a tremendous feat that we just did. And to just really sit in that. So my dream is taking much more of a team than it's ever taken. Mm. And so I'm just manifesting a lot of that. And um yeah, ownership and studio ownership and production. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about it. And it's it's happening. It's happening faster than I thought. It's like God is showing me everything you need is right in your reach. Ooh. Everything. Wow. And it's just manifesting so fast. Mm-hmm. It really is. And to not be afraid of it, but to acknowledge it and to see it and to walk through it with grace and gratitude. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's happening. It's true. You know, it makes me think about, you know, what we say, like, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. So, but it, just be ready when it does come. And what are you going to do with it? And how do you protect it and yeah. keep it? And just, okay. Yeah. So that's it. What I've been trying to be more mindful of is is remembering that, like, when things arise, even mm-hmm. when they seem very difficult or very big— Remembering that, like, it's not too big for God. Mm. And mm. this was always his plan. Always. This wasn't, like, a this sporadic. not by accident. No. It's not, I don't believe in coincidences, accidents, nothing. No, 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 no. So when I think about it yeah. like that, I'm like, this isn't too big for him. Mm-mm. And if he gave it to me, he knew he was going to give it to me mm-hmm. at this time, mm-hmm. on this day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like you said, so now is how am I going to take care of this? How am I going to mm-hmm. nurture it? Knowing that I have the mm-hmm. tools. Mm-hmm. And am I dreaming big enough? 
<sighs> and I, I don't want to digress too much, but I just saw Maxine's Baby, which was Tyler's movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just seeing from just that, that little mustard seed of faith, you know, and now the studio and the gazillions. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a money chaser. I never chase money. Money chases me. I've never been. I'm going to all. No. And, and I don't mean it in no, an arrogant way. No, I know exactly way. how Please you don't meant don't take it. it wrong. No, I but know how you meant like, it. I, I never want to audition for a mortgage payment. I'm going to. I've been blessed to been able to pick and choose and do, you know, the things that I love to do. Yes. In an environment that is conducive not only to my mental, <laughs> but my uh, artistic, what mm-hmm. feeds me most artistically. And uh, I was just so inspired because I've, I've been, I'm a theater baby. Mm-hmm. You know, I still haven't left the theater. Yeah. So just to see what he has done with that and how that has transformed into this, you know. I'm like, okay, yeah. All of the things. I can have the studio too. Thank yes. you, Tyler. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you for you the inspiration. Inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that leads me. Let's start at the beginning. What did South Central Los Angeles <laughs> give you? <laughs> the best crip walk ever. <laughs> but <laughs> ah, you know what it gave me? It gave me culture. Mm. And it gave me a sense of um. Okay, this is, it's so crazy. I didn't realize that I was really a South Central, you know, 84th place in Western girl. I mean, I knew who I was, but it wasn't until I saw Boys in the Hood and I saw how numb I was to my environment. Oof. And when I say that, I say that I bow down to John and I would, tell him all the time, I saw my life on screen. Mm. And I had just become, it was my norm. The helicopters, the the gangs. My, my, my yearbook, I went to Washington High, and it was 10 pages that were dedicated to those that had lost their lives to drive-bys, gangs, this, you know. And it was just, it just was, it was what it was. And then you become anesthetized, and it's like, it, I was just numb. And so growing up in that environment and in that space, but the arts saved my life. I was in dance classes, you know. Mm -hmm. My mom, she was a nurse. My dad worked two jobs. He was a postman and a custodian. But they would find the time to take me to my little dance classes or Mm -hmm. I put on plays in my backyard. I had an active imagination. And there were like 20 kids on my block, Mm -hmm. you know. So summers were like, you know, okay, we're going to get the skates this summer. We're going to get the skateboard this summer. We're going to get bikes this summer. Or we're going to go and we're going to, you know, okay, we're going to get together. We're going to, y'all learn this dance and we're going to do this. And Mm -hmm. then we would just put on shows in the backyard. But growing up in South Central L.A., it was like hot fun in the summertime every single day. Mm. And I mean that, you know, it was... It was the highs and it was the lows, but I think I I was sheltered. You know, I was fortunate to have both of my parents, Mm -hmm. you know, and God rest my father's soul. They were married like almost 70 years. Wow. Yeah. So it was different. You know, my growing up in South Central wasn't, you know, um, how do I say? I, I wasn't a statistic, but at the same time, I didn't know what I didn't have. Yeah. But then when I saw, oh, this is where you live, and I was mm. like, oh, wow. I was, 
how can I say, I, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored yeah. that it was all of those things, but I was still bubbly little black girl, Wendy, mm-hmm. you know, hey, what we going to do, you know? So I had, yeah. you know, everything. I got a taste of everything, mm-hmm. you know, and then I was bused to the schools out in the valley. So wow. that was trying. What time did you have to wake up in the morning? <laughs> that was traumatizing because I was a part of the pilot program. Oh, wow. That didn't go so well. But they showed up and spray painted the school and had the bottles and Negroes go home and X, Y, and Z. And so it was like, it was, I was I'm a concophony. I feel like I'm jazz. I'm a little bit of everything. Oh, I feel like I'm jazz. I do. I really do. That's beautiful. I really do. Because I, I you know, I, oh, God. Yeah, I, I you mean, got a I little go, bit of everything. I got a little bit of everything that I needed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how bad I needed it until, you know, as an actor, I'm able to really tap in to so many different characters and so many di- different walks of life, you yeah. know, from the everyday people. Mm. What's a lesson or a moment with either um, or both of your parents that, like, has always stayed with you? Wow, a simple moment or lesson. Mm-hmm. We we would take vacations every year. So we would go to Yosemite, mm. summer vacations. We would go to Vegas almost once a month because they loved Vegas. You know, I was over Vegas. To this day, <laughs> I can't do Vegas. But we would take those summer trips. We drove to Canada and took the ferry wow. over. You know, so, you know, he, he loved his Cadillacs. So every two or three years, he'd get a new Cadillac or Eldorado or yeah. Riviera, and we'd just take these car trips mm-hmm. and these road trips. And my sister and I, we'd be in the back, and I grew up on Richard Pryor and Earth, Wind & Fire because he played the eight tracks. So I know Richard Pryor verbatim. Wow. I know him verbatim. Wow. By heart. Yeah. So I guess I started comedy without even knowing. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my the goodness. Yeah, um, it was great. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Wendy, talk to me about a pivotal moment in your life when you realized, okay, I can do this for a living. I'm going to be okay. Oh. You know, that's that's pretty powerful. Um, and, and when I say that's powerful, because I still go through those moments of, okay, mm-hmm. what's next? Oof. You know? That's, that's and I, good. And I still have those defining moments. Um, that's the life of an actor. It is. It never stops, really. So maybe like the first time. The first time. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, really? Um, (laughs) Okay, this is kind of funny, but um, (laughs) 
Steve Harvey wasn't the first show I did. I was a series regular on another show, and it was called Minor Adjustments, and it was my first show. And uh, it was on NBC, and it was great. And, you know, just working with a very mixed cast, and, you know, um, we got canceled. And that was a hard one. That was my first cancellation, you know, because you just ride. Did it go to series or was it just Oh, pilot? we were on series. Oh, okay, oh yeah. yeah. We were on NBC mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we did a whole season. Mm. And then um, I was really close with the producers and all mm-hmm. of that. And then cut to um, there was a new network that had started and it was UPN Network. Mm-hmm. And so UPN picked us up after NBC had canceled us. And they put us on there, but I didn't know the magnitude of what that was to be canceled and then picked up on another network mm-hmm. and to get a fresh new start. And it was like, and the producer was like, you don't understand. This is big. This is big. I was like, okay. And I just thought that this is how it should be. And no, I'm using that as an example to say a real pivotal moment that I'm experiencing now was the game Went through three different networks. Three. Wow. It's unheard of. Yeah. We started on CW, canceled. Maybe five years went by. Then BET picked it up. That took us for another eight years. And then, boom, it was dormant for maybe another three years. And then Paramount Plus. So there's something magical. And it's unprecedented. It has not happened. Yeah. And nobody talks about that. Mm. So for me, I think that's a huge, that's a big defining moment. Like, okay. And it's like, but that just happened. You know what I mean? So I feel like I'm still living this. And God just sends me signs. It's like, I, I haven't had, I've never had any other job. You know, I was in high school. I worked at Arby's in the 11th grade. But this is all I know. Wait, so after Howard, what what was the in-between like from Howard coming back to L.A.? Oh, you ready for that I'm one? I'm ready. Oh my what God. was happening in that in-between so, time? So I did a show at Arena Stage. Mm-hmm. Got my equity call. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I was teaching with D.C. Youth Ensemble. I was a dance teacher. And then um, I came back to L.A. And I moved back home with my parents, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, God, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> so that lasted maybe, um, I want to say about a year. And I was just going crazy. And I went on tour. I booked Shelly. You probably you don't even know this girl. So Shelly Garrett was like the Tyler Perry before Tyler Perry. Mm. He's actually he's at the Smithsonian and um, the African American Smithsonian uh-huh. because what he did he took young actors and he put us in shows and we did a fifty city national tour. So I toured for like three years. I did Shelly Garrett's beauty shop. I did Shelly Garrett's living room. And I saved all my money. I lived off my per diem. I sent my money home. And boom, came back, got a condo. So I was able to, okay, I could stand on my own feet. Then I did the gospel tour, circuit plays and all of that. And then came back and I was tired of touring. And I said, I'm going to get an agent. And I met a friend who was an actor, uh, Don Fully Love. He was on the road with me as well. He was like, I'll introduce you to, he introduced me to my first agent. And then that's how it happened. I love that. (laughs) Okay. So was there, has there ever been a moment when you thought, and the answer could be no. But you thought, I don't know if this is for me Mm. or this is just too hard right now. Or I don't like (sighs) it anymore. 
for now. That, I mean, keeping it I've real. had those jobs where it's like, ooh, mm-hmm. I'm not having fun. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. I've had those. Mm-hmm. And I don't like who I am artistically and how I show up for that, you know, because I like to show up. Fully present, you know, and give everything I got. But if the environment is not healthy for me, then mm, this isn't working for me. Mm -hmm. And I never, you know, I'm not going to walk away from a job, but it became very difficult and became a challenge for me. And then, you know, I don't know if you know, I had a fire to my house. I lost everything Mm -hmm. I ever owned and almost lost my mind. And I had to move back. Into the house that I grew up in, in South Central. Wow. And um, it was a very dark and difficult time of my life and just trying to rebuild everything. And I wasn't working. I couldn't get a job. I think I just wasn't in the zone Mm -hmm. at all. And um, that was a time when I was like, is this for me? You know, it was my first year of marriage. Mm. It was... um, it was just so many changes that had happened. It just happened so fast, and I couldn't get my bearings. Mm-hmm. And um, but I got through it. Yeah, you know. But it was it was whoo. And I feel like the house I'm in now it was almost the house that depression built. You know, because it was just. It took three years, would should have taken a year and a half. If I didn't have a nest egg, I probably would have lost my mind, you know, wow. and all of that. So there, there were moments where things that were happening with me personally just weren't in alignment with what I wanted to happen for my career and what I wanted to happen artistically and all of that. But what it did, it just made me appreciate so much more of the things that I got and continue to get Mm. along the way. And Mm -hmm. some of the greatest lessons I've learned was, you know, when you take away everything, because I was, you know, I had everything. I kept all the wardrobe from Steve Harvey's show. I had clothes and clothes and clothes and knick-knack, paddywax and all of that. But then after the fire, my mom and I were out there and we're just pillaging and going through. It's like for pictures. That was my first thought. I was actually... as soon as pictures. you set the fire, I was like, what happened to all the pictures? I, pictures? I always think about pictures first. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. And wow. it was before we relied so hard, you know, on mm-hmm. cell phones and all of that. So it was, yeah. So there were times when it wasn't just giving up on career. It was like, there must be something greater than this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was there anything special that you were able to salvage? My sanity. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and what was so amazing, girl, my car blew up in the carport. It was a devastating fire. Wow. It was a power outage. And when it came on, it sent a surge <sighs> to my property and it just went up. You they, weren't home? No, thank oh, God. God. Leap Year Day, 2004. Uh, it was Oscar night. And I was dressed like the last king of Scotland, you know. <laughs> anyway, my girlfriend had an Oscar party. And thank God we had to be there at like... You know, before 5 o'clock, you just don't get in. Mm -hmm. And so my husband and I at the time, you know, we left. And I left my phone at home. This is back in 04. Yeah. So we're all at this party. And then I get a call from my friend, Avery, who was A, on the list. They went through the thing. And he was like, go home now. And I was like, Avery, what you talking about? He's in Atlanta. He's like, Wendy, I need you to go home. I got a call from the fire department. And you need to go home. 
And that's all he knew. And I just, I will never forget that ride going home. And it's Hillside property. And number one, there was a power outage. So it's pitch black. All I saw was the water coming down. It was just so many just different symbolisms and things Mm -hmm. like that. And then Mm -hmm. we get there and there's the Red Cross and the fire trucks. And they're like, we just want to prepare you before we walk up there that it was very, it was devastating. And um, I lost my dog. Um, She didn't burn, but it was a smoke inhalation. But I get there, it looked like a bomb had gone off. All I saw was the the emblem of the Mercedes that was left on the car, but it was smoked and torched out. And the inside, the soot was about this high off the ground from where they had to put it out. But the miraculous thing was I had a Bible that was right at the top of my foyer. It was just cinched right all around the corners, but it was totally intact. And it was my great aunt's Bible, you know, and she had passed years ago. And then at my school, we collected tuitions. At that time, we used to take cash and checks. Mm -hmm. It was inside the pocket. Don't ask me why it was inside the pocket of the car, because, you know, it was like, okay, well, we're coming back. (laughs) And I collected tuitions on that Saturday, and it was all intact. It was just, just the little things. And then just... I I guess the greatest lesson in learning is everything that you need, like I said at the top of this interview, is just all within your reach. Mm. And all I needed was my Bible, my mind, pray, and don't worry about money. It's going to be there. And um, I do miss the the photos, though. That one was so crazy. That's a tough one. That was a hard one. You know, my mom, thank God she kept so many things. But, yeah, that was a hard one for Mm. me. Yeah. That's a that's a defining moment. It's in a defining your life. moment. And what matters and what doesn't. Like I don't need things. I don't. Mm. I mean I probably look like it. Yes, I need things. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not materialistic, mm. you know, in that way. I like fine things. I'm trying to treat myself more. Good. That's huge. Yeah. Okay, talk to me about Amazing Grace Conservatory. Ooh, girl. What 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 made you um what inspired you to found it? You know what's so interesting? Growing up in South Central and um I was working with Marla Gibbs and she mm-hmm. had a performing arts school in South LA. And she closed her doors and there was this plethora of kids and she's like, I just can't do it anymore. And she passed the torch to myself and my best friend, Tracy Coley. And we were like, okay, are we going to do this? We didn't have a place to do it. We didn't have we didn't have funds. We were just coming off of the road when I said I was touring. Mm-hmm. But I was dedicated. I was like, I'm not going to tour anymore. And um, we found a building, and we developed a curriculum, and we started. And this is back in 96. And it was just passion, you know. And at the time, I wasn't really working. It was like... It was just second nature. So it was like, Mm -hmm. I always loved kids, and I loved working in my community, and I loved working with us Yeah, more than anything. And it was just, I just stepped into some shoes that just felt really good, and I just haven't stopped. Mm. And so here we are now, and I'm realizing that that was my purpose. That is my why. It's beyond every gig I got right now. It has been because... I'm able to pour it back into the school and expansion, expansion, expansion. It's almost like I do what I do in Hollywood so I can low-key 
do what I need to do for Amazing Grace Conservatory. Wow. It's the bigger of it all, if that makes sense. When did, when did it click for you that it was the bigger? Um, what was that moment when you were like, oh, this is this really is my, my purpose why. and my why? I, I'm really thinking through the pandemic. Also pretty recently. Oh, pretty recently. Where I just knew Absolutely new. I mean, I've always had a, you know, a huge passion yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. But the why got magnified mm. because we pivoted one week. We only closed our doors for one week. And we understood that Zoom, we had Zoom classes. I had an outlet. The kids, we were doing open mic nights, talent shows, this, that, and the other. It was such a healing place that I understood. And I always knew it was a ministry not that I was going out for it to be a ministry mm-hmm. and duh, 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 we're going to save the lives. But it really, when I say my kids were talking about and I was going to commit suicide, like give me a number nine and some fries and a soda and a side piece to go with it. We provided a platform for them to just have a safe space to just talk. And unbeknownst to them, the parents needed to talk. Hell, I needed to talk. Yeah. You know, and... It was just, it was a grounding, safe space. We did plays Mm. on Zoom. We did everything, you know, during the lockdown where everything else had stood still. Even the classrooms, they stood still. They were just, you know, my teens, they were going through a very difficult time. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so fortunate to be able to be a light Where the parents were, you know, we save so many lives Mm -hmm. just through having a space. And so um, that's a big part of it. But um, I want to say even when I was going through the fire, you know, what kept my light going was the school. Mm -hmm. You know, when things weren't right in the industry. The strike. Girl, I've been more busy now. I, everybody's like, are you ready for the strike to end? I, a part of yes for everybody else. But at the end of the day, I've been more busy now than I was before. Mm. So it's just been an amazing season of my life. And just, okay, I'm really supposed to be doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And it's cracked a yoke of... Um, so much creativity, you know, writing, directing, producing, choreographing, and da, da, da. it's just, I'm able to just, it's my happy place. Yeah. It really is. It's so crazy. And we got a studio. It's not like this, but it will be. It will yes, be. But it we will have our be. own studio. We, I mean, it's just, it's insane. Where I do you see play. it in, in 10 years? Wow. What do you see? It's, and that's why I said I'm dreaming awake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing is, okay, every time I say I'm dreaming, it's like, oh, but you're not dreaming big enough. But I also, you know, the control freak in me, the Leo in me, it's like I want to be able to, you know, to to, to run it, you know, where it's sufficient. But I see it um, is so much more bigger than me. And I see it, um, the alumni as well as... Uh, so many of our staff have come in and have stepped up and have just added new energy to it. So I see it. I see it as a franchise, mm. but a very, but a very specific franchise. Not watered down, not commercialized, but in that capacity of okay, I could see it in Atlanta and Houston, and I can also see it as 
it's, I don't want to say a corporation because I don't like when corporate, you know, dollars start getting into a nonprofit and it loses that. We know what happens. That core. Yes. And we know what yeah. happens. But I just see it in its most truest and purest and authentic. Uh, it's a career pathway and pipeline for highly skilled jobs. So be it in the industry, mm. be it, you know, I have alumni that are at the White House. I have, you know, they're they're just everywhere where we are just developing these incredible, wow, we, we are running things. Mm. You know, Issa Rae was one of my babies. I do know. And, and what was so crazy, I go on the set to play her mama and I'm like, in the wardrobe department, there's my niece, you know, locations. He's one of the alumni, craft services. It wow. was just, we were everywhere. Mm. So it's like I see that, but on a much grander scale where we are creating these opportunities from the front of the house to the back of the house and beyond. Mm -hmm. So it was the theater that I had talked about, but it's a work source development center for highly skilled career pathways. Yeah. For young people, for adults, and even the homeless, because it's an artist in residence for those. There's so many artists that come out here with these pipe dreams, and they want it so bad, but the, the cost of living is so high. That's what I'm saying. If I wasn't born and raised in L.A., I don't know how I would have made it. Mm -hmm. But how do we provide that and give us, yeah. you know, so we're working on some things. You're working Girl, we're on working some on things. some things. God, it's good. What's it's some, crazy. It's crazy, but it's so exciting. It is. It's, it's exciting. And awake. I can see, like, your joy. Uh, can you? Yeah. Thank you, girl. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's beautiful. What's, um, what's some advice you would give someone looking to um, have a life or a career in the arts or just exploring their passion? What would you say? Mm, to never lose sight of the passion. Mm. Never. Because there are going to be time. I mean, there's so many no's that I got, so much criticism, so much, um, wow, defining moments where I thought, okay, that's it. I, this isn't for me. And, you know, especially in college. Ditto. And the greatest thing that I'm learning and still learn today is follow your instinct. Mm. Trust it. Trust it. Trust it. Trust your tuition because that is God whispering in your ear. And to only you, you are the only one that can hear that voice. To mm. know that you know that you know that you know. Mm, that's good. That either this is what you're supposed to be doing or this is why you were doing what you're supposed to do. This is where you were supposed to be. This is who needs to be in your life mm. or not. And people come and go. And sometimes when they're ready to go, let them go. Let them go. Let them go. Mm. So, yeah, and to love yourself first. Yeah. Put yourself first, and it's okay. Yeah. It's and, okay. And God won't remove what he won't replace with better. That's a fact. God won't remove what he won't place for better. It's a, it's it sounds like a sermon to me. <laughs> Add it onto the walls yeah. of the Amazing Grace Conservatory. Baby. <laughs> And what we have on the wall right now, because Niecy Nash, love her, known her yes, since high school. Ditto. She did an incredible renovation for the school for mm. us and gifted it. But um, these three words that every artist should know, trust your gift. Trust it. Trust your trust gift. Trust your gift. And it's painted on the walls right there. Trust it. 
Yeah. Trust it. Wendy, yeah. what has been your takeaway from our conversation today? Oh, my God, that you are lovely. Thank you. You are so authentic and genuine. And I didn't know what to expect, but uh, I feel like you took me down. <laughs> I've been everywhere, girl. You took me down. That's uh, what we do. Uh, Trials to triumph. <laughs> baby, from 8 to 80. I, yeah, everything in between. Yeah. And... Um, it really is a beautiful life. Mm. It really is. And yeah. I, I'm just so glad that our paths have met and crossed again mm-hmm. and to talk in such an intimate space about just everything. And you are lovely at what you do. Thank you so much. Because I, I didn't know where this was, you know, I was like, ah, <laughs> I was like, woo. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel so comfortable. I feel like I'm in your... Um, in your den. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. I really do. It's I receive that and I appreciate that. Yeah. I have fun. My takeaway has been that um, I'm just so grateful that every day God gives me an, opportun- an opportunity to learn and be inspired. Wow. S- sometimes it's it's just by a moment mm-hmm. or by an occurrence. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's always my favorite when it's with a person. Wow. And that's what today has been. Just um, such a gift, something I'll cherish, something I'll remember, something I'll continue to take with me as I journey Mm. in life. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm also, a a takeaway of mine is that it's not lost on me that I get the opportunity to sit with you again and just tell you how much I love you and honor you and celebrate you. Um, And like you said, you know, you never know what tomorrow's going to bring. So I'm happy that today brought me you. And I'm just really, wow. really grateful for that. That is so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. It's so sweet. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. And I love your show. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lantigua. Our managing producer is Fatima Al-Swiffy. Shanice Tindall is our lead producer. Associate producer is Mona Hassan. Jordan Thompson is our marketing coordinator. This episode was mixed by Trin Lightburn. Michelle Baker is our video editor. This episode was recorded at Spotify Studios, LA. Promotional consideration, products and services furnished by Spotify. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you did, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to your podcast to ensure you hear the next one. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.